Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <laughs> Kia ora. Welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast and thanks for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Jordan. I'm a mum of one, soon to be two boys, and a lover of all things birth and a very passionate storyteller. The goal of Kiwi Birth Tales is to empower, inform, educate, and connect families from New Zealand and all over the world, talking about the things that are so often kept to ourselves or shared with only our nearest and dearest because of this taboo that seems to surround sharing stories about birth. All stories deserve to be heard, no story more important than the other. And with this podcast, you'll get a variety without bias. The podcast is not intended for medical advice. I'm not an advocate for any particular mode of birth or birth care. And this platform is simply here to share these beautiful, empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. So I hope you enjoy. You will have to excuse my um, voice and shortness of breath (laughs) throughout the start of this episode because I am very nearly um, at my due date in this pregnancy which I seem to always get short of breath when I'm talking when I get around 37 weeks but I also have managed to pick up a nasty um, flu of some sort, had a negative COVID result so um, that's good but yeah if um, it sounds like I'm outside walking a marathon I promise I am not. But in this episode, I speak with Tamara, and Tamara takes us through her pregnancy and birth story with her beautiful daughter, Taya. Taya has Down syndrome, and Tamara takes us through finding out that diagnosis after a 12-week scan, and then what the rest of her sort of pregnancy experience looked like from there. She then takes us through her birth, so what happened in her birth experience, and then into their postpartum journey and finding out that Taya had a heart condition which would need to be operated on when she was only wee. So definitely um, really interesting hearing Tamara talk about how they sort of coped through that as a family and then what it was like bringing Taya back home and, and yeah readjusting to life as a mum to a baby and also a baby with um, special needs. So she talks us through what that was like and what it's been like um, to parent Taya ever since. So I just really loved speaking with Tamara and I think this is a beautiful episode. So I hope that you enjoy it and I'd love to hear your feedback. If you want to send me a message, you can do that at Kiwi Birth Tales or kiwibirthtales at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Let's jump into the episode. Hi Tamara, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Awesome, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, sure. So my name is Tamara, obviously. Um, I have my husband, Tui, and my three daughters. So I've got Taya, she's 10, Stevie, who's 7, and Vogue, who's almost 5 now. Yeah, awesome. And whereabouts in New Zealand do you guys live? We live in rural Auckland, so we're sort of around Puhoi area. Yeah. Um, which is really nice. Mm, beautiful. Very cool. And mm. do you want to talk us through what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and Tui the first time? Yeah, sure. So we, I wouldn't say that we weren't trying, um, <laughs> but we were still shocked when I fell pregnant. Um, yeah, we weren't actively not trying. We weren't actively trying. Yeah. We sort of knew that we wanted to have children and if it happened, it happened, and it happened really fast. <laughs> so we were shocked, um, but happy. Yeah, yeah. And did you find out because you missed a period or you had other symptoms that made you think you should take a test? Yeah, I just uh, I felt a bit off, yeah. um, just not myself. So I thought, hey, I might as well take a test. I, at the time, wasn't very good at tracking my periods, so I had no idea that I had missed a period. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, by the time we found out, I think I was already nine weeks. So I'd obviously missed a period there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cool. And how were you feeling in the first trimester sort of overall? Did you have like a, a lot of morning sickness or any sort of other symptoms that usually come with pregnancy? Yeah. 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 It, wasn't, it wasn't the easiest. I was quite sick. Yeah. Um, I was really put off food, meat in particular. I couldn't cook. It was just disgusting yeah. to cook. Um, yeah, so I felt really ill. I remember at the time I worked in a gym and I was on the morning shift. So I was there at five o'clock in the morning and I just remember having to run to the bathroom so many times in between clients Mm. to just, it wasn't the funnest, but yeah, we got through it. (laughs) Yeah. And did you decide to go with a midwife for your care? Yes. You did? went with a midwife. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And what about sort of into your second trimester? So did you choose to do all of the sort of standard testing that's offered in New Zealand and what happened from there? Yes. Yeah. So we did do all of the standard testing. Um, at that time, I think I was possibly a little naive and I sort of just thought that the tests were to see the baby. You yeah. Know, yeah. Go and have, a, have a scan, see how far along and what things were looking like. Yeah. Um, so we went and we had our 12 week scan and really didn't think anything of it, just a chance to see the baby. And, um, that was all. And then a couple of days later, got a call from the midwife to go in and have a chat with her. Yeah. And And did that sort of make you feel like anxious or did you just think, oh, maybe she wants to talk about, you know, something in the scan or how are you feeling then? Do you know what I was? I had absolutely no idea. I I was really <laughs> clueless yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I just thought, oh, she it must I must have missed a session with her or something. Yeah. So I just went along um completely oblivious to anything yeah. being out of the ordinary. Uh she basically sat me down. I was alone till he didn't come, which I think was a little bit strange that she didn't tell yeah. me to bring her. Yeah. Um so yeah, I just sat down and she basically just said that the scan and the bloods had come back showing markers of the baby having Down syndrome. There was a one in 77% chance that our baby had Down syndrome. And that really caught me off guard. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. So yeah, that was a bit of a shock. Yeah, I bet. And such a shame, I guess for you as well, that Tui wasn't there. um, Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that was a little bit hard. I think that it would have been really nice to have Mm. him. Um, Obviously after that, he was at work. I couldn't get hold of him. So it was just me having to process that information by myself until he was available or came home later that night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it all worked out fine in the end. We've got our little girl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And how did you sort of like process that? I guess, obviously, um, you and Tui discussed that when he came home from work, but how did you process that information and how are you feeling and what sort of happened from there? Uh, yeah. So I suppose I just had a lot of thoughts, um, a lot of extra questions. It hadn't ever been anything that I had ever thought about before. So I really just didn't actually know what to do Mm -hmm. or the first, the places to go. Um, we had to, when he got home, we obviously had to make the decision whether we were going to go with the extra testing to Mm -hmm. confirm or not. Um, and we had that discussion when he got home, thought about it for a few days. And in the end, we decided we were going to, um, it was never going to change, uh, what we would do with the pregnancy. We're always going to go through with the pregnancy, but for us, it was more about there being no surprises when baby was born and being prepared. Um, that sort of thing. So we did go along with it. I was around at this time, I was probably around 13 weeks. So when you're around 13 weeks, I believe it's called a CVS Mm -hmm. that we had. Um, So we went into the hospital. That basically is where they try to take cells off of the placenta. Yeah. Um, From memory. It was so far long ago, (laughs) but from memory, you'll probably know more. Uh, That is what what um, we did it was unsuccessful they couldn't reach the placenta or something they couldn't they couldn't retrieve the cells so uh, 
we had to then wait for me to be uh, along further enough oh, yeah. to get an amnio, which I believe you can get from about 14 to 16 weeks. You can do the amnio. Yeah. So we waited until I was 14 weeks. We went back into hospital and we had the amnio done, which should I explain what it is? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Basically, I we went into hospital. It is a um, needle that they do. They stick into your womb through an ultrasound so they can see what they're doing with the ultrasound. Um, they stick that through the womb and they retrieve a little bit of fluid that they can then test for um, the DNA of the baby. Yeah. And is that just testing for Down syndrome or is it a range of I believe of things? it. I believe it's a test, a range of things. Yeah. Um, for me specifically, they were testing for Down syndrome. That was where all the markers yeah. were leading towards. Uh, but yeah, I believe it can test for a number of things. Yeah, yeah, cool. Mm. And you obviously got those um, results back. So do you want to talk us through yeah. getting those back and then what happened from there? Yeah, sure. So we got those back. We It was a pretty anxious wait to figure out um what was going on and then a couple of days later I remember the midwife we were just sitting at home um having dinner and the midwife gave us a call um and she basically said you know can we book you in to come and see me tomorrow but I didn't want to wait I just wanted to Mm. know right then and there she obviously had the results so I just said you know I put it on speakerphone too he was with me can you just let us know? Yeah. And she basically just said, you do, um, you are having a daughter. She said, we're having a daughter and she does have Down syndrome. Yeah. So, yeah, then we sort of just went on from there to get our heads around it, process the emotions. Yeah. Uh, there was a number of emotions. <laughs> and for us, it was the best thing finding out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not for everyone, but for us, it was really good to find out. And then we could process while I was pregnant and not processing after baby was born. Yeah. And I guess mm-hmm. like questions that you have about having a child with Down syndrome and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff, were you, um, you know, were you asking questions and doing the sort of yeah. research in your pregnancy? Yeah. How did you find yeah. that? Yeah. It was, it was really great because I could ask all those questions yeah. before, um, we met up with a lactation consultant because we were told that um, our child could have feeding problems mm-hmm. and all of these sorts of things. And and um, we got to do all of that before so that yeah. we were really prepared once Taya was born. Yeah. Um, and then also just I hadn't had any experience with mm. anybody having Down syndrome Um Unfortunately, it wasn't part of my life at the time. So for me, it was researching what Down syndrome really was, what it affected, um, just finding out the information that I needed to find out Mm. and processing the emotions, figuring out how our life was going to change. And, um, yeah, and for Tui as well, just – yeah, it was good for us to come together to do this. We were both on the same page from the start, which was really nice. Yeah. Uh, we knew that this was our child. Um, that's not to say that we weren't upset. We There were emotions there. Yeah. Um, we were scared and anxious, yeah. and we did have all of the emotions, all of yeah. them. So one day I was very upset. The next day I was excited. The next day I didn't think I could do it. Mm. You know, it, it came and it went. Yeah. Um, but YouTube was a big thing for me at that time. I would just go on YouTube and watch number of clips on these beautiful little children mm-hmm. um, that had Down syndrome. And yeah. eventually I started to change my thoughts and I started to get very excited. Um, I could see how beautiful these children were and Mm -hmm. how fun they were. And I started to get excited about it. Um, Yeah. So it was, it was a good time to just process those feelings without having our newborn baby. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I can't imagine trying to do it at the other, um, other end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I've had conversations with other parents where they quite enjoyed doing it at the other end yeah. because they could see their baby and yeah. they were already so in love with their baby or 
or at least they they could see what was in front of them. Um, for us, though, it was nice to process it before. Yeah. 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 Cool. And was there much difference, I guess, in your pregnancy from there? So did you have to do any extra testing outside of the sort of yeah. standard scans or what happened from yeah. there? Yeah. From there, our tests went up a lot. Yeah. I remember I'm, I'm pretty sure we were having scans constantly. Yeah. They were they were really good at monitoring her and making sure that she was growing correctly. Uh, she needed quite in-depth heart scans. Yeah. Um, for people with Down syndrome, it's very common to have heart issues. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to test those um, straight away, scan those, make sure that they couldn't bind anything, which they couldn't while she was in the womb. She did end up having um, heart issues, but that wasn't found out until she was actually born. Um, yeah, so just all the extra tests just to make sure that she was growing. Yeah properly and by everything that they scanned before she was uh which was good um but yeah then after she was born there was a few issues there that they hadn't picked up on yeah yeah and was there any I guess like impact on your birth plans in terms of um were you thinking about giving birth in the hospital and was that something that you had to do and did you have to have a date that she was born by or what were the conversations there so we were warned that she most likely would come early. Yeah. I think that that is quite common mm-hmm. um, with children with Down syndrome, that they would be born early. So that was definitely something that we were warned about. Um, a hospital birth was definitely recommended just in case afterwards, after she was born, if there was any issues. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, we planned to give birth in the hospital. Uh, there was no talk of induction because they planned on her coming early. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they would just monitor. So she didn't come early, though. <laughs> she, um, <laughs> I think she came two days before her due date. Yeah. So that was good. She stayed in there nice and nice and safe. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so apart from that, nothing really was extra out yeah. of the ordinary. I guess by all scans, she was looking healthy, yeah. so there wasn't too many extra plans put in place. Yeah, awesome. And how were you feeling mm. by the end of your pregnancy? Like, I guess, what were your thoughts around mm. birth and then also um, around bringing your baby home and just, yeah, what, what was going through your head? Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I suppose because it wasn't your typical pregnancy um there were still a lot of moments where I was anxious I I think a lot of the joy gets taken away when you have to go to all these extra tests and you've got um doctors paying so much extra attention Mm -hmm. and it's not always positive attention unfortunately it does take away a lot of the joy that you feel during pregnancy um there were, yeah, it was, it was hard. It mm. was um, emotional and yes, some days, you know, it was just full on crying all day. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. was, <laughs> it was up and it was down. Cool. And do you want to talk us through, I guess, your labor starting and was it spontaneous okay. um, and then into your birth story? Yeah, sure. So my labor, I remember I was just sitting there seven o'clock watching Shorten Street <laughs> Um and I just started to get some tight tightening. Um, didn't obviously it was my first labour, yeah. so I didn't really know what to expect. Obviously, I thought something was happening, uh, and then it was just coming and going from there. It didn't really stop. Uh, so we were living next door to my parents at the time, and so I went over and sort of told my mum what was going on, and she said, "I think it's starting." Uh, and so, so he just, you know, he went to sleep. I said, mm-hmm. just go to sleep because obviously yeah. <laughs> this could be an all night thing, which it was. I just had that tightening feeling all during the night. Yeah. I remember at around maybe 11, it started getting a bit more intense, but it was still very manageable. Um, and I went all through the night with that. It wasn't until the next day at about probably about 10 in the morning the next day that it was sort of getting to that this is really hard mm-hmm. stage. So we gave the midwife a call then. Uh, we gave her a call. She sort of said, just 
time it, which we already have been doing. Um, I can't remember exactly how far apart it was quite long ago. (laughs) Um, But I remember we just got to one stage where the midwife just said, yep, you're probably ready to come in now. So we made our way made our way into the hospital. Uh, by that time, it was getting really intense, um, walking up those steps to get to the birth. <laughs> you know, it yeah. was very hard. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so we went in, found our room, and um, just started the birthing process. From there, it was still a long time. Mm. It was – we were in hospital for a long time. She didn't come easily. She um, – <laughs> I think all in all, maybe I labored for around two days. Yeah. Um, yep. And it got quite intense. I'm not really a great person with pain. Yeah. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't very, I'm not the greatest with labor. I'll be first to, first to admit that I don't really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, it's not really a magical thing for me. <laughs> it's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. Uh, so, I just went as long as I could. There was also a lot of emotions behind, you know, Mm. what was going to happen afterwards. Um, There was a lot of fear around what was going to happen after would I bond with my baby. Um, I was worried about that. And I think it did make the labor process a little bit harder because Mm. of the anxiety that was around, around it. Um, but we were great. We had an amazing team with us. Um, I had my husband's mum and my mum, and I had my best friend's mum, and it was there was a lot of people there with us. So, um, yeah, it was fun. And well, it wasn't fun. It was far from fun, <laughs> to be honest. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, yeah, and then um, eventually it just got too much, and I was just in too much pain, and so we went with an epidural, yeah. which changed everything, and everything became calmer after that, and I'm pretty sure I had a sleep, which was nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was really nice. Turned the lights off, had some rest. Yeah. I think by that stage I had been laboring for about – 25 yeah. hours and I was done. Yeah. I was, I was hammered. Yeah. 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 So once, once we got that in, everything calmed down and I was able to have some rest and process things a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And from there, was it long after you had your epidural until she was born? I don't believe. Well, yeah, probably. I think it was probably another 10 10-ish hours after that um, until she was born. I think I did push for a while, a couple of hours, um, but they managed to – she did come out really smoothly and easily. There were moments when her heart was dropping and they just paid a lot of extra attention to that. At that stage, it wasn't too worrying, but I know that they did mention to me if it was going to keep dropping that they would – have to intervene. Yeah. Um, but we managed to actually get her out with any further intervention, which yeah. was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she was birthed naturally. Yeah. Amazing. And did they yeah. pop her up onto your chest or did they have to take they her did. or what happened from there? No, they did. They did. It was, it was really amazing. She yeah. came straight to me. She was looking good. She was looking healthy. She came straight to me. Um, and I just remember it being the most magical amazing (laughs) feeling ever um just looking at her she was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen I was bonded straight away uh she was my baby yeah yeah Yeah. and was that like a relief I guess I know you mentioned feeling a bit anxious about bonding with her and yeah how did you feel in that moment I felt really relieved I was really happy that I felt that way um the whole pregnancy, you know, it was, there were moments that were really hard and I didn't know how my life was going to change after having her. Mm. And, um, obviously it was going to be a huge change. Uh, and I was scared. So seeing her, it just took all the fear away. And I remember the fear really went from what is my life going to be like to what is her life going to be like? And I was, yeah, I just, all of my love just went on to her and making everything the best for her from that one second. I looked at her, I knew straight away that she had Down syndrome. It was very clear yeah. in her characteristics and her features. Um, 
but to me she was just the most beautiful <laughs> thing I'd ever seen she was amazing yeah yeah. yeah. Beautiful. And yeah, and I know that Toy felt exactly the same way. He yeah. was just crying <laughs> and it was just a really love filled moment. Yeah. Um yeah. And she was totally healthy. She was fine, so she stayed on me for skin 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 for quite a while to yeah. until yeah. she went over to Toy and to get all her checks and things. Yeah, awesome. And so did they have mm. to do um any sort of different checks and tests when um eventually she was um off you or what happened from there yep I remember they brought the pediatrician in um to check her over make sure that everything was looking fine they checked her heart everything was fine by what they could hear um yeah everything looked absolutely great she was she was healthy she was a good size uh the pediatrician was happy so that was that was that from from there forward um we stayed in the unit for quite a while they allowed Tui to stay with me which was really nice I think often at that time the men had to go home but they were quite Mm. happy for Tui to stay with me that night um and the nurses were just really great that everybody was really supportive and it was a really positive experience for me thankfully yeah yeah yeah. Awesome. And what was the process like sort of um, towards the end of your hospital stay and preparing for taking mm-hmm. Taya home? And yeah, how were you feeling about that? Yep. So everything ran pretty smoothly. I remember we had to stay in the hospital for quite a while. I was sort of ready to go home by the next day. Uh, but they, the team wanted her to stay a couple of days yeah. and then it was the weekend. So None of the pediatricians are really there over the weekend, only the on-call. So we were suggested that we stayed over the weekend and just made sure that everyone was happy and healthy. Um, On Monday, a lot of the tests came in. So a lot of the specialist team would come in with the pediatricians and the heart specialists and, um, you know, all of those extra checks. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, so Monday was really full on. There was a lot of people in and out, just basically checking her, making sure everything was fine, which it was. And then I think we were all cleared to go either Monday night or Tuesday morning. I can't exactly remember. Yeah. But um, everything was absolutely fine from there. And then we were just referred to the outpatient pediatric team. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. From there on. Yeah. Cool. And how did you find going home? And obviously, like such a huge change, bringing a newborn yeah. home, and just yeah, you know, massive change. How were you feeling? And what was that first week or so like with Taya and adjusting to life as a mum? Oh, I loved every <laughs> second of it. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, this is what I am born to do. Yeah. She was, she was so awesome. She was so easy such an easy baby she just slept fed slept fed uh we were like i said previously warned that there may be some lactation issues um that's due to the shape of her mouth Mm -hmm. um it's quite common for um babies with down syndrome to have a really high arch which makes them are quite hard for them to feed yeah she had absolutely no issue she <laughs> latched straight away yeah. uh we had no problems there i had um produced a lot of colostrum beforehand yeah. so we had a lot of that on hand nice um which so we would sort of just feed her and then top her up with that um but there was absolutely no problems there uh, so it was really a nice smooth transition for us yeah. um you know, she let us sleep the mm-hmm. time. You know, she was the baby that we had to wake up during the night. Yeah. To, and that could have been just, you know, she was extra sleepy. I don't know, but yeah. it was it was easy. It made recovery a lot easier for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just I just remember it just being a really nice time, a really nice bonding time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah beautiful. 
Cool. Mm. And what about, I guess, as you sort of progressed from there in those initial couple of weeks mm-hmm. and into your motherhood journey with Taya and mm-hmm. um, because of her Down syndrome, were you required to mm-hmm. see like the outpatient clinic more often or yes. what happened from there? Yes. I remember after that, things started getting pretty full on. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I suppose you notice the difference between having your I guess, neurotypical child. Um, There are a lot of appointments and there's a lot of specialists and it became quite overwhelming. Mm. Um, So we would see the pediatrician team and we were assigned a physiotherapist and a speech therapist and almost every therapist you could (laughs) think of, we were assigned one. Uh, They would come to our house. Nurses would come to our house. The midwife would come, you know, it was quite, yeah, it was quite daunting. And I remember thinking, is this really going to, what it's going to be like Mm -hmm. forever having this amount of people coming into our lives? Um, so yeah, I mean, we knew that we had to do it for her and it was the best thing for her, but it was, yeah, like I said, it was overwhelming. We, we had thought that everything was fine with Taya's heart. All of the previous tests had shown that there was no issues, but one of the pediatricians quite early on noticed that she did have a murmur. Yeah. Uh, he picked that up just by listening. So then we were referred to the hospital to undergo further tests, mm-hmm. um, which we did. And it was, they did find that she actually had three holes in her heart. Yeah. Um, and this was, I suppose she was around two months old at this stage. Okay. Uh, she was a tiny baby. Mm. So they wanted her to be at least five kgs before they would operate on her. Yeah. Uh, so we just had to sort of try and fatten her up for a while <laughs> yeah. uh, before she could get those holes fixed. And then I think she was around six months, six months old when she had those fixed. Yeah. And what was that like for you? I just, I can't even imagine. Um, so how did you, yeah. how did you sort of process <laughs> that? And um, yeah, what happened from there? Yeah. So that was a hard um, time. Yeah. I remember... When we went into the hospital, we had absolutely no idea, like I said. So as far as we were concerned, maybe this was just a murmur and nothing was going to show up. Unfortunately, the specialist wasn't aware that we didn't know that she had holes. So when we were sitting in the room, he came in, he sat down and he just opened up the conversation with, Okay, so she's got three holes in her heart. Oh, no. Um, and he, it was just a very much a conversation like, well, you know she's got three oh. holes, so this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And I just remember the blood leaving my body and just saying, Ex- excuse me? Yeah. And he looked at us and he just kind of had that expression like, I've messed up here. Mm. Crap. <laughs> um. And he just apologized, said he's so sorry. He thought that we were aware of it um, and then explained uh, what was actually going on. Um, So that was really a shock Mm. and we were just completely off guard Um, and we had to sort of try and get our heads around that now. Uh, Once she – so, yeah, we like I said, we had to get her to a size that she was going to best – be for her surgery uh she went in for her surgery at around six months that was just the hardest thing Mm. passing her over it was one of the worst experiences just holding your baby Mm. and passing her over to the nurse and the nurse just walking away with your baby Mm. waited in the waiting area i remember i didn't want to leave the Mm. hospital we knew it was going to be around a six hour surgery um but i i didn't want to leave um i wanted to be right there um, in case they called me and just being in the hospital just made me feel a little bit closer Mm. to her I guess so we went up to the Ronald McDonald room and we just waited and waited Mm. and waited and it was a very long and anxious wait Um, I had the most supportive family and they all just came and sat with us and tried to take our minds off it Um, 
so we received the call that she was off bypass. Um, we waited another couple of hours for them to give us the call that we could then go in and see her. They had finished the surgery um, and we could go and see her. We knew that the surgery had gone well. They told us that over the phone, which was nice. But then walking in and seeing her was just very, very hard. Um, We had handed over a very healthy-looking baby and walking into the room and seeing a very unhealthy-looking baby was very tough. She had cords coming out of every part of her body and... Yeah, it was it was one of those moments yeah. that just no no parent ever wants to walk in on. Um, mm. But she was stable, which was the most important thing, and we knew that her heart was fixed, um, which gave us a lot of relief. And we just had to get through the next couple of mm. days, um, which we yeah. did. We took turns, so. She then went to, um, you know, the high-intensity mm. unit where she stayed for a few days. Uh, and the nurses were amazing. They sort of said, you know, you can just go and sleep and recover. But we sort of felt like we wanted to at least have one of us with her at all times. So we took shifts yeah. um, between me, Tui, and my mum. Uh and then while one of us was watching her, the other would sleep, that kind of thing. Uh, and she was doing well. She was, yeah. you know, she opened her eyes. She was feeding. Um, but unfortunately, a couple of days in, I was feeding her through. She was still just feeding on the feeding tube. So I was expressing and then feeding her through the tube. She wasn't well enough to be feeding from me yet. Um, And I just watched her and something was really off. Something was different. She she looked a bit spacey. So I called the nurse and she just, I just said, hey, could you just come and check something? Um, So she came over and within, it just happened so fast, within seconds, she went into a full-on seizure. Um, Yeah, and... I had never experienced a seizure before, so this was very new for me. I had no idea what was happening, Mm. and it was a very long one. They um, obviously, everything just Mm. happened very fast from there. Code Red was called. Every doctor, nurse from the area just came rushing. I uh, was pushed aside. Mm. Tui and I were both there um, by this stage, and I was just pushed aside pushed to the side um clearly because they needed to incubate her and um deal to Mm. her my poor poor mother came at that time she walked in and just saw every doctor and nurse around her um and they basically from that stage wheeled her away and I remember just having no idea what had happened. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, all their focus, well, fortunately, all their focus was on them, but nobody sort of explained to me what yeah, was happening. Yeah. So um, yeah. I, there was moments there where it was just really tough. And then a nurse came up to me, explained to me that she had had a seizure and they had put her into a sleeping state um, and I would be able to go and visit her. Uh, soon. So I think it was about an hour after that. I think that they were putting her in, yeah, they were putting her asleep, making so that her body could fully recover. Um, I went in and yeah, just had absolutely no idea what was going on. Uh, they later found out Mm -hmm. that the seizure was caused from a, from a bleed on her brain. Um, which was caused by the bypass surgery. Okay. So that can really thin your blood. And um, mm-hmm. so that's what that, but thankfully that had no long-term effects. And um, she came out of that really well. Uh, after yeah. after maybe 24 hours, they woke her up and um, she was doing fine mm-hmm. after that and no more seizures. Thank goodness. But yeah, so it was full on. It was, um, yeah. there was a yeah. lot and there was twists and turns and it was just, yeah. but, you know, 
after that, we sort of noticed a real change. And babies are so resilient and amazing. And she just completely turned around. Mm. And I think our whole hospital stay all up was about 10 days. So pretty amazing for (laughs) pretty amazing for what she went through. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. Mm -hmm. And how did you find, I guess, going home again from the hospital? Were things different or um, like just readjusting, I guess, to life yeah, at just home with the baby? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, being really worried. I, I remember just, you know, just what can we do with her? What can't we do? Obviously, mm. we didn't want her heart rate to go too high um, while she was recovering yeah. and the stitches. Um, she had a a massive um, scar or line down mm-hmm. her chest. So just having to look after that. But um, a nurse would come every couple of days to change the dressing and look after that. So we were pretty well looked after. Yeah. Uh, and she bounced back really fast. She just was amazing after that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was all in all pretty pretty okay. <laughs> yeah. And how did, I guess, what were you um, prepared for or what did you expect from a um, developmental perspective Mm -hmm. and were you told to expect anything different? And, yeah, I guess how did you find that first year or so? um, Yeah, so we definitely knew that Taya developing her or reaching her milestones was going to take a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, We knew that she was going to get there, obviously, but Mm. um, it did take longer uh but she was a really strong girl she was Mm -hmm. um a really happy baby and she was determined um which hasn't left her personality (laughs) Um, she just wanted to reach every milestone and she was determined to do it um but it did take longer and sometimes that was a little bit hard especially when Mm -hmm. you would see your friends babies reaching milestones a lot faster um, that definitely was something that affected me a little bit, um, but yeah. I tried not to let it. Um, in some ways, it was kind of nice. I had my baby for longer. She was, <laughs> yeah. she was. Um, I think she was about nineteen months when she started walking. So not yeah. too much later, but um, definitely a little bit later. But she did yeah. reach all of those milestones that she needed to reach. Um, things like speech, that was definitely, that definitely took a lot longer. Um, she wasn't saying any words for a very, very long time. And then eventually we would get one, one or two words. Um, but speech, speech took, took the longest, I would Mm. say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And what about from, I guess, like a support network perspective Mm -hmm. I know that you said you were close with your family but Mm -hmm. did you have any um connections or did you find any like groups or Mm -hmm. anything like that useful in terms of um I guess support just from a parenting perspective and parenting a child with Down syndrome what what did you do there yeah sure so I didn't go to any antenatal classes or anything like that um I had sort of decided that our walk was a little bit different and uh, it would be easier on me mentally mm-hmm. just to sort of stay in my own little sure. bubble, I suppose. Yeah. Um, thankfully, when I was pregnant, um, my midwife was actually birthing another child um, with Down syndrome as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and her mum happened to be the same age as me, Mm -hmm. um, which was really lovely. So we connected and she was, um, she had her baby about two months before me, Yeah, which was nice. I got to go to the hospital after her beautiful baby was born and meet her. And, um, we had that same connection and, um, I learned a lot of her obviously being that couple of months Mm. older. Uh, so I had that. I had her as the support. Um, there are Facebook sites that I did reach out to and other um, parents to children yeah. with Down syndrome. Um, 
I was able to find out any information that I sort of yeah. needed from a mother's perspective off of those, um, which greatly differs to a medical perspective, <laughs> Indeed. Um, which was nice. And yeah. Um, yeah, so I was well supported. Um, obviously, you do feel a little bit alone um, mm. in these instances because um, clearly not it's not your normal to have a yeah. baby with Down syndrome. So clearly there was that aspect of loneliness there. Mm. Um, but I did have um, a lot of support around me that I could, that I could reach on and an amazing yeah. supportive husband, which made a lot of difference. Yeah. 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 And I guess, um, and feel free to, you know, tell me that I've worded this question wrong yeah. or yeah, <laughs> um, that you don't want to answer it, but I guess, as Taya's sort of grown and gotten older and mm-hmm. um, I guess you have parents who maybe have never come across Down syndrome mm-hmm. or children who've never come across Down syndrome, mm-hmm. I'd love for you to give um, some insight, I guess, into what that's like from your perspective and what the best way um, is for you with Taya or was for you with Taya when she was younger, um, interacting with other children and um, – I guess that feeling of acceptance and just like yeah. being treated equally, What what's important to you from a parenting perspective and what's important to Taya? Yeah, that's actually a really great question. Um, and something that I really try to focus on, um, I do have an Instagram page, which I really try and advocate on because I know yeah. that these questions are um, parents that are asking these questions are just the most amazing parents ever mm-hmm. because you can tell that they are, accepting and they want to teach their children and that is just paramount for um acceptance in this world and Mm. inclusion and it starts with the parents um and what they can teach their kids and you know I'm I'm very aware that not everybody has the um has down syndrome in their lives neither did Mm. I before I had Taya so questions that um others would ask are questions that I've asked myself so I really can't take offense to anything um, because I've definitely asked all the questions. But when it comes to teaching your children um, about how to interact with a child with Down syndrome, I just really advocate for telling your children, yes, um, there are differences. Uh, maybe it's going to take Taya a little bit longer to be mm. able to do what other kids can do. Um, yeah. But just treat her like normal. Just treat her as if she was one of your other friends um, yeah. and just include her and have fun with her because that's all she really wants. Mm. And um, just if she can't do something, allow a little bit of extra time for her to be able to do it. Yeah. But she just wants to do everything that every other mm-hmm. kid wants to do, you know. And, and don't be scared to ask the questions. And if your kids are wanting to get answers tell them don't mm. don't shy off from explaining yeah. um what's going on because otherwise you're never going to have that full inclusion because mm. they will always the questions are still going to stay in their mind yeah. they're just unanswered yeah um so yeah just have the open conversations uh and do it in a way that always shows that those with down syndrome are just like us um yeah it just might take a little bit longer to achieve a few things yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. And I've just got a couple more questions, I think. Um, the first one would be, so if someone was listening to this podcast mm-hmm. and they just found out that they have um, are expecting a child with Down syndrome or mm-hmm. they've just given birth to a baby with Down syndrome and maybe mm-hmm. didn't know, um, like we were talking about earlier, in their pregnancy. So I'd love um, – to know from your perspective, like what, what were the challenges um, for you or what have been the challenges mm-hmm. for you along the way with Taya um, having Down syndrome? And then also what are your favorite things about Taya and about being her parent yeah. um, that you can share with us? Yeah, sure. So definitely the medical um, appointments, they're challenging. Yeah. Um, it's a lot and it's a lot for a new parent and you just want to stay in your bubble, but unfortunately you can't because you mm. have to include all these um, other things that you just have to do to make sure yeah. the baby's okay. Um, there's a lot of therapy appointments and um, you will have physiotherapists come to the house and speech therapists and sometimes it's really overwhelming. But 
one thing is that those it doesn't last. It's yeah. it slows down and it's really full on in that first year. But after that, it really does slow down and the appointments become less and less and less. And um, yeah, you're really able to just move to a more dare I say normal life. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know what? Hindsight's a really beautiful thing. Mm. And um, I often say, if only I knew then what I know now, it would have taken a lot of fear and anxiety away. Um, I fell completely in love with my daughter and she is the best thing that has ever happened to me. She mm. is amazing. I will advocate for her every second of the day if I could <laughs> she is just great um and I really do wish while I was pregnant that I knew how much love I would have for her yeah. because it would have taken away a lot of the fear so what I try and say to people who are pregnant is yes you're going to have thoughts and feelings um yes it's going to be hard and challenging and it's not the road that you thought you were going to be walking mm. but that doesn't mean that it's not a beautiful one and try to really pick up on the positives and try to not let fear overcome because as soon as that baby's born I'm pretty sure you're going to fall completely in love <laughs> um you know the bond is really strong and at the end of the day that is your baby and um that's the number one thing is that you are going to have your mother's love for that baby yeah 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 awesome well thank you so much Tamara for joining me on the podcast today and sharing your journey with Taya I've really loved talking to you and I think um, there'll be a lot of people out there who are just super grateful that you were willing to come on the podcast and share your story so thank you oh no problem thanks for having me it's nice to nice to chat about it Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it and I look forward to bringing you another awesome episode next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.